feel. Turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. Book of Matthew, chapter 25. Good to see Chris and his family back. Hope they feel welcome here today. Hallelujah. Good to have all the home folks. Good to also, ah, his name's going to slip my mind, Brother White. Zach. Zach Smith. Good to have you, brother. And I hope you feel welcome here at Lighthouse. All the home folks coming in here today. It's good to see all your smiling faces and all of this faith gathered up here. The Bible says we each have a measure of faith. All of this faith gathered up here. I'm going to tell you what can be done in this service. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 21. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, everybody say, well done. I'm going to say it again. Ready? His Lord said unto him. Everybody say with me. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to start a series sermon or a sermon series uh, here today. Uh, and we'll be going for a month here on well done. We're going to take this chapter that the Bible talks about, uh, the parable of the talents, and break down a few things here. I really feel like the Lord's going to help us. Dear God, we we're so grateful for being in your house here today. We're grateful for every brother and sister in the Lord. God, we're grateful for the family of God. We're so thankful for what we learned in our, in our Sunday school lessons here today. So, so great, Lord, the things, Lord, that you've brought out in our lives that we can better ourselves on. I pray that you would help us throughout this day to take the knowledge that you've given to us and help us to apply it to our daily lives. God, we pray we need you, Lord, in this sermon and this sermon series. We pray, Lord, that you would move upon our mouth to speak it and our ears to hear it. Hallelujah. And our feet to do it. God, we pray, Lord, that you would help us today, Lord, to just to just listen intently and to, to block out all the distractions, all the hindrances, and get into your word and get into this sermon, Lord. Oh, God, and then mainly, God, come around and get into this altar. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for who you are. In your name we pray. The church said amen. You can be seated here today if you'd like to. You can stand if you want to. You can even amen if you want to. Hallelujah. When everything, Mark Batterson says this in, his, in one of his books here. I was reading and getting this together. When everything is said and done, God isn't going to say, well thought or well planned. There is one measuring stick, well done. There's one measuring stick, well done. God is not interested in our good intentions. God is only interested in our fruit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's not interested in your good intention. God wants to see fruit. Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 tells us, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. God measures success and asks us to measure by one's actions. Hallelujah. Now we know that God sees the heart. 
And I understand that we will be judged by the heart. But I also want us to know that we will also be judged by what we do, but also by what we don't do. God help us here today. So today, I, my sermon title today on this sermon series of Well Done is What the Bible Doesn't Say. Alright? What doesn't the Bible say? So I think a lot of times you can take a look at the Scripture and find out what to do by reading what not to do. And then there are times when you can find out what not to do by reading what to do. Amen? Right? Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So, in other words, if somebody's driving down the road in the Siri, now I've got the male Siri on mine because I've, the way I look at it, I've already got a woman that tells me what to do. All right, so I've got the male Siri. And so I tell Siri, take me home or take me to this place or take me to that place and it'll take me and it'll tell me, go right or take a ride on this road or in, in two miles, turn right. You know what that tells me? Don't turn left. Right? So I think a lot of times we can take the Word of God and we can find out what to do by reading what not to do and find out what not to do by reading what to do. So we're going to first off take a look at a few things of what the Bible doesn't say and then we're going to look at the end of what the Bible does say. Hallelujah. So I want you to take a look here at our first point. What doesn't the Bible say? The, the Bible does not say, The Lord said unto him, well thought. Amen? It doesn't say well thought. Now it's good to think good things and it's good to think about and as a matter of fact we read in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 9 of how that we, the Bible tells us in the verse first or the, the sixth verse, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Then it goes on and it tells us in verse 8 how that our mind are supposed to be on you know different things like truth and honesty and things that are just and pure and lovely and of good report and that there be any virtue and of any praise. Think on these things. But listen to verse number 9. Are you ready for this? I want you to hear what this says. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Woo. Hallelujah. Think on these good things. Think on things that are just. Think on things that are right. Think on things that are this and that. We want your mind to be in the right place. Think, dwell on, let your heart be right. I'm looking on the inside. Let it be right. I want you to know that God cares about those things, but I believe that God also cares about our actions and He cares about what we do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when we get up there and we're being judged, God's not going to let us into the gate by well thought. His, his whole intention is not well thought. He's looking for our fruit. God's looking. I believe that we can look at the parable of the talents today and realize that God looked and allowed those to come in to the joy of the Lord by their actions and by what they 
done. So what are you saying, brother? Now, we're going to cover the heart next week, okay? So I want you to come back next week, and we're going to talk about our motives. We're going to talk about how important that it is that it come from the heart. But I do want you to understand something. We talked about a little bit in our classroom upstairs. I believe that you can worry, that you can go too far to the right, and you can say, you know what, I have to do all of these things to be saved. When it ain't nothing that you do that's going to save you. Hallelujah. Do you understand what Brother Jared's telling you here today? There's nothing that you can do other than accept Jesus. It's, it's the work of the Son of God in you that saves you. It's nothing that you can. I'm grateful for the grace and the mercy of an almighty God. But what I also want us to understand is we can go too far to the left on this thinking as well and we can look at it as well I don't have to do anything all I have to do is just depend upon the mercy and the grace of God and although it is good to understand that nothing can be done through just you it is an important scripture to read that all things are possible through Jesus Christ so what's that let us know yes we are to be leaning on him but we are to be the body of Jesus Christ going about and doing what Christ did while he was on this earth. God, help us to do. Glory to God. I love the beginning of this scripture. Now we read here in verse number 9 where it tells us all these things that you've learned and you've seen and you've heard, do. But the, the beginning of verse number 6 says, be careful for nothing. And I think that the main reason why it never comes from our mind to our mouth to witness, or it never co- comes out to do for God is because we're scared. Anybody else get scared whenever you witness to somebody? Anybody? <laughs> get scared, man. Now, there are some people that have no problem with this. All right? And I'm going to tell you something. God has given you a gift. Use that for His glory. There are others that it is, it's, man, it's scary. You're, you know, most people, it's hard to go up to somebody and just talk to them. I've, I was uh, at, a, at a funeral. Brother, Brother White's uh, dad had passed. They would start talking about how that he witnessed to people. How, how would he say it, Sister White? Do you know my Savior? Do you know my Savior? said he went up to a woman in the hospital and he said, do you know my Savior? And she said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a Sunday school teacher, I believe it was, uh, you know, down here and, and started talking, and that wasn't the answer he was wanting. He was wanting to know, do you know my Savior? Hallelujah. There's a difference between, between you know, the, the, uh, uh, knowing God and uh, uh, really, truly being in a relationship. You know about God, but not know Him. Amen. Even the demons know about God. Right? He come and they come down to the, he come to the shores and here they come running and they said, you know, they knew who he was. I want to tell you something, there's a difference between knowing him the way that we, the blood-bought Christian, knows Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's a difference between that. Amen. And I believe that if we have a relationship with God, we will do what he did when he was on that. That's our calling. Matter of fact, he makes it very clear to us that we are to be sharing with this world him. Hallelujah. The redemption plan. We're to be taking this to that this world. It needs church to go from our minds of what we know we should be doing to our hands and us actually going out and for Fulfilling what God has got for us to do in this world. Hallelujah. Somebody said,
said, man, you know what? I, I, know that, that I know that I need to be doing this. How many of you guys know that you need to do that honeydew list at home? Some of you wives here would say, would you please just do it? It's nice that you know that you know you need to do it, but would you please just do it? You know what I mean? Oh, man, I lost all of you. You can get your tithe checks afterwards if you want. But I want you to understand here that it's the same thing with God. Oh, it's not enough for us to just know that we should. But I believe that God's looking for a church that instead of just thinking upon it, that they will put into action what they need to to build this kingdom. Hallelujah. God help us. Not well thought. Don't just think it, do it. Number two, not just well intended. I can tell you here today, We were, I think we were building this building or we were doing something, something that needed money. Surprise. Everything needs money, right? <laughs> but we were, I was talking to, to, I believe it was the men. I don't know if it was in a session or something. I don't know what, I can't remember what exactly the setting was. But I remember telling them, I remember asking them, who would give, you know, all the money for this, you know, if you had it? And everybody raised their hand. <laughs> so everybody would give if, you, you know, if you had, if you had a, a million dollars, you know, then then, you know, you could probably give to, to purchase something that, you know, that we needed here in the church. Everybody likes, you know, everybody thinks in that way. If I had it, I'd give. But what we need to understand is that it's not in this, in this uh, uh, parable, it's not, you're, you're, you're not judged by how much that you had. You're judged by how you used and managed and stewarded what you had. About that a while. As a matter of fact, it'll go as far as to say this: that Jesus, whenever he w- uh, was in the temple, he he stopped the, the 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 whole thing and looked. There was a man who gave a lot, and he you know he 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 gave in, and he wanted everybody to see it, and you know he he came in with this three piece suit on, and and uh, you know he wasn't like Brother Jared and took his jacket off. I mean, he came up, buddy. He looked nice, and and he you know made the announcement: Hey, I'm fixing to give here. Everybody, take a look. Here's the money that I'm given. You know, here it is. And then, and 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 you know, and and I'm sure that that money was used to do whatever needed to be done in the temple, and 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 to you know to take care of this thing and that thing. But but then all of a sudden there was a there was a woman who came in with two mites. She came in and she gave, and the Bible says that he stopped everything, stopped his disciples, and everything. Said, "I want you to look and see." Now this is this is what it all came down to. He said basically that she gave more because she gave. All. Think about that. So what does that teach us? That teaches us that God is looking not of, of, of what the amount is. It's not about how much you give. Now listen to this. It's how much you keep. And I know we're, it's easy to, to liken it to money, but let's talk about your time. Let's start the car, honey. We're going to get out of here pretty quick after this. Talking about time. What are you talking about, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today that it's important for you to realize that it's not about, you know, we every single one of us have the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. What about your energy, your resources? What are you spending yourself on? Hallelujah. God, help us to realize that it's not just enough for us to say, well, we know we need to, but we, we need to step out there and steward what God 
has given us here today. But but let's go. But let's let's read what what intentions. Uh, it's not well intended. Hell is paved with good intentions. Samuel Johnson said, "Hell is paved with good intentions." Somebody said, "Well, I'll get saved. I know I need to, and I'll get saved, and I want to be saved, and I want to do right, and I want to talk right, and I want to live right, and I want to be that type of person." That's not going to get you to heaven, sir. That's not going to get you to heaven, ma'am. You have to do. You have to act upon that. And I'm going to tell you that the, the you know. For us that have been in this thing for a long time, it's not just about knowing how we need to act. It's about doing. It's not just about us intending to live the life that God has given us. It's not about just us intending to one time get around to following after God's will. It's not about us intending to be the Christian that we need to be in 10 years or in 20 years of our life. For some of you young people, after I get married, I'll find out the will of God or I'll, I'll follow out. No, it's not, about, it's not about your intentions. You may never make it to your marriage. You may never make it to, to next Sunday. And, and when that happens and when you're called home, my question to you is, what will you tell God? Well, I intended... He's not going to say, well, it's not well intended, Brother Logan. I'm not, it's not well uh, a thought, but, but so your intentions aren't going to matter. It's going to be what you done. Stop living a life of good intentions and start living a God-intentional life. Hallelujah. I say start, stop living a, you know, a life of good intent and start living a God-intentional life. And I'm not telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to show you some things here at the end that I'm excited about. Maybe we can get going on some of these things that I actually was convicted about last week talking to a few of our lay members. But I want you to understand here today that it's not just about, hey, okay, well, let's have another event or let's start another ministry or let's do that and I'm all for that but I want you to know that it's in your daily lives that's where God wants you to live intentionally for him it's not just when you're here on the weekends church it's not just when you're handing out coats and it's not just whenever you're at a harvest festival cleaning up and helping all of that is great and all of that is good but I want you to understand God wants you to live intentional for him when you're at work he wants you to live intentional to Him when you're doing your hobbies. God wants you to live an intentional life. He said, walk in the Spirit. That's a lifestyle that we live. Hallelujah. That's what God's desiring from us. To live a God-intentional life. It's not about good intentions. It's about God-intentional. When we intentionally choose God, Crystal McDowell said this, when we intentionally choose God over our desires, we position ourselves to live a life without great regrets. Did you hear that? When we live this intentional life and we choose God over our desires, hallelujah, we position ourselves to live a life without great regret. But when we choose ourselves over God time and time and time again, what are we setting up? What are we setting ourselves up for? We're setting ourselves up for regret. God help us to live intentionally for God. What does a God intentional life look like? This brings us to our last point. It's not 
God doesn't, the Bible, what the Bible doesn't say or what doesn't the Bible say, well thought, well intended. So what the Bible does say, it says, well done. Well done. What are you doing for the kingdom now? Hallelujah. What are you doing for the kingdom now? If you were to pull your schedule book out right now, and you were to take a look and say, start writing down, I did this because I had to, and then I did this because I wanted to, and then I did this because of this and this. I wonder how much of that time would be given to God. So how much time should we give to God? If well done is what we're shooting for, how much time should we give to Him? There's a concept, church, that I, I want you to understand here today. I believe this is very important for us to get. Pastor Davis was preaching years ago. He's doing a session. And I'm using, I'm using money because it's easy for me to explain, okay? But I, this is not just applicable to your, your pocket book, okay? This is applicable to every area of your life. Pastor Davis said this. He said he was, at, he was teaching a youth camp. And he got up to those kids and he said, I, I believe you pulled a $100 bill out. And he said, how much of this belongs to God? How much of this hundred dollars belongs to God? And of course, you know, as the teaching, the Christian teaching and everything about percentage wise and everything, everybody, everybody, you know, 10%, $10, ten dollars belongs to God. You know, and, and then you had those that were really Bible scholars that said 20% or 15% because there was tied in offering. They were really Bible scholars then, you know, and I, I don't know who it was, but somebody, somebody little girl lifted up her hand and he said, how much? And she said, all of it. <laughs> all of it belongs to God. I want you to understand a concept here today, and this is so important. Your life is on loan from God. Here's my question to you. How are you spending? That doesn't mean that every time you get $100, you give the $100. But that means every time you get $100, you're willing to give $100. Now, I want to tell you this way. When it comes a time, 24 hours is what you have. How much does God get of that? All. He gets all of it. That, my friend, is... is where the scripture pray without ceasing comes in. It's not that you're walking around saying, okay, God, where do you have me go? Lord, please help me, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to go down the street staying in prayer and I'm going to keep talking and I'm going to come over here and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to look for somebody over here. No, what it means is stay in a mindset. Hallelujah. 
Stay in a mindset because God has your all day long. Hallelujah. So you're staying in a mindset to where, okay, God, if you want for me to do something, hallelujah, and I'm in the mindset, I may pass 100 people, but I come to that one person that really needs to hear an encouraging word from the Lord, and I come up and I just let them know. It may not be a sermon that I preach to, or it may not. It may just be, hey, I just want you to know that the Lord loves you. And walk away. You don't know what you just done. Hallelujah. Being intentional, living for God in that way means God has you all the time. You're always open to saying a word or to doing a deed. Somebody said, man, I'll never be able to talk that way to somebody. Well, you can send somebody. Hallelujah. You can help to give so somebody else can go over to Canada and start a youth camp like we've seen just here the other day. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that there's a place for you to do Stay in that mindset. Stay in that mindset. We can intend to do right. And we can know that we need to do right. But until we make that step, until we show action, however God's telling you to do it, do it. So I can go extra long here tonight, today. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 say this. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Listen to this. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want you to, to, to stay with me here as I read it from the Amplified Version. Look carefully then how you walk. He's saying, look carefully then. We talked about some things before this verse. Look carefully then how you walk. I mean, it's, that's what circumspectly means. Be careful how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, Intelligent people, listen to this, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Man, that's Glory to God. Be careful. Buy every opportunity that you have to make a difference because we don't have much time left. And I want to tell you again, church, we never know. Brother Jared may not be here next week. I don't mean to scare you, and that's not my intention to scare you. But I want you to understand that if you're going to make a difference, the only time that you know you have is now. So do it. Don't just think about it. Don't just intend on doing it, but step out and do it. Because at the end of the day, God's going to look at that God-intentional life and He's going to have these words to say to you, sir, and to you, ma'am, that stepped out 
and that did something for his kingdom, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, well done. Done. It's what you've done. It's your fruit. Well done. Stand. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for every person that's here. God, we're thankful for this opportunity to come here today and to learn, Lord, how it's time for us to take action. It's time for us to step out. It's time, Lord, that we begin to do. Not enough just to think about it. Not enough just to intend. Lord, you're looking for us to do. Every head remaining bowed and every eye closed. I'm just going to ask you here today. I'm going to read something to you. And then I want to talk to you for just a moment before we come to this altar. Charles Simmons said, As to all we have and are, we are but stewards of the Most High God. He said, we are but stewards of the Most High God. On all our possessions, our time and talents and influence and property, He has written, Occupy till I come. To obey His instruction and serve Him faithfully is the true test of obedience and discipleship. The Word of God tells us, Occupy till I come. I'm going to read this last thing one more time. To obey His instruction and serve Him faithfully is the true test of obedience and discipleship. When I ask you here today, it's going to be a little bit personable here today. I'm not going to do a general altar call, but when I ask you here today, you say, Brother Jared, I haven't given my life to God. I haven't started this race. And I know that I need to. As a matter of fact, I've had thoughts about how I need to make things right. And you know what? I've even intended on doing well. I've intended on making things right. You know what? I've even thought, you know, if I can just get through this and get this right in my life and get that right in my life, and once I get everything right, I need to. I want you to know that's not the way that it works. You don't come to God after you get things right. You come to God and He helps you to get things right. So when I ask you here today, you say, Brother Jared, this is me, and I know I need to make it right, and today is my time of action, and I'm ready to step out. I want you to just lift your hand here today. Come on, the Lord's talking to you. You know who He is. I see you. The Lord sees you. If this is you here today, you say, this is me, Brother Jared. I know I need to make things right. I know that this is my time, and I'm ready to take action. I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. Would you just slip your hand up? Oh, hallelujah. God's talking to you, sir. Hallelujah. Just going to take a moment here. As a matter of fact, we're, let's just skip the, the raise your hand, all right? If you would like help here today, and you want to step out here today, and you want this to be the first day of the rest of your life where you can spend your life on purpose and live for something that's greater than you, I'm just going to ask you to, to, do, to, to do something crazy today and just step out of that seat and come down to this altar and let a church that loves you 
come around you and help you pray and become part of the family of God here today. I'm just going to ask you to step out and come. Would you do that? I know that there's that there's that there's a pull on you right now, and you don't want to look embarrassed. You don't want to do this, but if you do that, I'm telling you. That commitment that you make to God is such a big commitment. Oh, God can take you from that place and do so many great things with somebody who's got, who has the, the nerve to step out, the courage to step out and say, this is me, God, and I need help here today. Would you come? Would you come here today? We're going to move on, and I'm going to talk to the to, to uh, the, the, the members here, but I also want you to know that if you want to come down to the altar, when the rest of them come, I want you to feel welcome to come down here. I want you to feel welcome to come get around these altars and pray that God will start this journey with you. How about it, church? You say, Brother Jared, I know that I need to be doing better. I know that I need to be living a 24-hour-a-day life for Jesus Christ, and I'm failing in that, and I need help, and I need God, and I'm surrendering to my time and my resource. I'm surrendering to, to, surrendering to Him today. Oh, would you just, as a matter of fact, let's skip the raising of hands. You say, Brother Jared, I'm going to live in intention. I'm not going to think that I need to anymore, and I'm not going to intend on needing to. But when God calls me to go do what I need to do during the day, I'm going to step out and do it. If that's you here today, come to this altar. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Jared, I'm going to live a more intentional life. I'm going to step out and do what God wants me to do. I'm going to step out and live an intentional life for God. I'm going to live a life, such a life, that at the end of my life, God won't look at me and say, well, you thought about it. He won't look at 